a beautiful farm-raised oyster with ivory lips, glistening meats, and heavy, thick shell. These three to three and a half inch small choice oysters are raked as seed from PEI's remote icy waters and transferred to Pickle Point in New London Bay for finishing. Pickles sit firmly in your palm, are a breeze to open, and will deliver the firm, salty taste you desire. Hello, welcome to Love Food, Hate Money, show where we talk about food, how much we love it, and how much money we spend on it. And uh, yeah, that's the description of a beautiful food item that is at the restaurant I'm at now. I'm going to be your host, Jonah. This is co-host Courtney. Hey. And yeah, that's... That's a rough description. It's beautiful. I uh, When you first described that description to me before you found it online... Describe the description. Yeah, because you, <laughs> you did. You like gave me like a Cliff Notes version. And I was like, okay, like they probably have like one or two silly lines in there. And then you read the whole thing to me and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> They were really going for the gusto on that one. One of my coworkers said that oysters are an African, like <laughs> mentioned that oysters are an aphrodisiac. And so we're convinced that whoever wrote that description had a few too many. Oh my gosh. Oh, so what are we drinking today with these oysters? With these oysters, you're the expert. What do we have? Guys, it's a white wine. It's white wine time. Um, it's wine o'clock. It's wine o'clock. Wine o'clock somewhere. <laughs> um, it is Chardonnay. It is from same producer that we went over recently, Stag's Leap Cellars uh, in Napa. This is their Caria, though, which is uh, the Chardonnay version of the red wine, or the some estate vineyards, some just other Napa vineyards. It doesn't really specify all the allocations, but yeah, white uh, white wine. So we tasted it right out of the fridge, and it was just like awful it was so bad um i feel like as it's warmed up it's more palatable but it's still not my favorite yeah fruit characteristics are there now it sees it says (laughs) it's funny so while we're talking about food descriptions from the producers themselves this one uh let's see it says this wine is refreshing light and graceful in the palate bright acidity supporting rich fruit flavors and a mere butterfly kiss of oak, which, <laughs> you know anything about me. He loves kisses from butterflies. It, Yeah, that's what I love. That's the word <laughs> I would, that's the word I use. Callback. Also, callback correction. Uh, last week, I said that the part of Jumanji that stuck out to me uh, was when she was frozen in the bathroom. That's not from Jumanji. Uh, that's from Zathura, which I've come to learn is a knockoff of Jumanji. Um, this is a food podcast, so I don't know movies. But you should take all of your movie advice from her because she. <laughs> the best part was you looking at it and going, wait, this isn't Jumanji? <laughs> <laughs> well, and then I was like, Robin Williams and Kristen Stewart weren't in a movie together. Why did I think that? Why? Why did you think that? I just... I just don't know. Jumanji and not Jumanji. Butterfly kisses on your nipples. <laughs> uh, this uh, just in. Bre- breaking news. Breaking news. James Corden is still a menace to society. He went into the woods and we still have to hear about it. He, well, the problem is he went to the woods. He went into the woods and he came back out. If he just stayed there, it would have been fine. 
but we're happy to report we will be on an episode of Carpool Karaoke. <laughs> I don't think we will be. What song would you sing on Carpool Karaoke? I have no idea. I would sing a song from Polyphia because <laughs> they don't have any lyrics. It'd be really funny for me to be like, I got this. And then just go. Today's first headline is James Corden says he hasn't done anything wrong amid restaurant drama. Which is exactly what a customer would say to a manager after they mistreated a waiter. I've seen it. <laughs> um, apparently, he was accused of mistreating multiple wait staff at a Baltazar or at Baltazar, which is a New York restaurant. At a Baltazar. At a Baltazar. You know, you've been there. Um, the owner came out on Instagram, posted this big long thing about how. He's banned from the restaurant, all this stuff. If he would just apologize, we'll give him free food for 10 years. He literally said that. And I'm thinking, why would you offer this to him? Why would you want him back in your restaurant? Why would they give him free food for 10 years? For an apology? I'm going to go out and be a menace to society also if I get 10 years of free food with an apology. Worth noting what he got mad at them for, though. That's apparently, like, one of the things. So, I guess his oh, <laughs> his wife ordered, like, an all-egg yolk omelet, which, first of all, that's unhinged. That's, I just... That is that is someone who has a problem. Like, all-egg white omelet people, problematic. All-egg yolk That's aggressive. Omelet people. I don't... You're, I've never had one. You are one, the problem. So, I don't know what that's like, but it just sounds bad to me. It's um, probably just more rich yeah it's probably fine but it just sounds like a lot you know like what did the egg whites do to you apparently ruined her day so apparently there was like a spot of egg whites still in her omelet when it showed up and then james Gordon like chewed out the waiter and according to some other videos i saw online he apparently has been rude to other wait staff in other restaurants uh so his four fans probably are still sticking up for him, but we are not fans, and therefore, he's the rude customer of the week. No, that was the one <laughs> couple that I had that got really mad about their entree taking more than five minutes to come out after they were done with their second course. Oh, they're the rude customer of the week? Yeah, <laughs> whatever their names were. They were very, they were a strange couple. Yeah. They didn't seem like they were talking to each other or enjoying it's probably their what people existence. say after they serve us. Yeah, but like at least they can see we're all like ignoring each other on our phones. <laughs> Normal things. Uh, which kind of leads us into our next our next headline because this guy would have been the worst <laughs> customer of the week uh oh. back on October second. This is from NBC News. Uh the headline is Video shows man setting fire to NYC restaurant, allegedly for getting his food order wrong, authorities say. I mean, that's the natural reaction. We've all been there. You order a pepperoni pizza, you get a cheese pizza, and you set the delivery driver on fire. <laughs> I mean, the only thing worse than not tipping, right? Sometimes I'd rather be burned, I think, than get. Honestly, if you're going to tip 10%, just... Set you on fire or something. <laughs> May as well. I'll be equally frustrated. <laughs> oh, and you're like, at least I'll get some time off afterwards. That's sweet, sweet sick time. <laughs> um, the article goes on to say a man allegedly set fire to a Bangladeshi restaurant in Queens. Um, saying allegedly is really funny because there is video. 
Um, it's like letter Kenny. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, this happened on October 2nd. Uh, so it was because they did not give him the chicken biryani that he ordered. Uh, they served him something else, according to court documents. Says the man with the gasoline can. That chicken was should have been fire. <laughs> I just That's- think that this restaurant must be fantastic. Like, for him to be that upset over not getting his chicken biryani, like, it must be just so delicious that he got this upset. It's a true, true passion of his is chicken biryani. <laughs> just, is this butter chicken? Did you, did you really give me butter chicken and just <laughs> rinse out a flamethrower? <sighs> Truly unhinged. That's just rough. Um, speaking of hot food, do you, do you think that blowing on hot food really cools it off? Clearly. Because otherwise, why would we go? <laughs> and when you put it in your mouth, you go. <laughs> oh, my gosh. When you put something in your mouth, you're just like breathing fire. It's like when we were in um, we were in Osaka, when you ate that takoyaki that almost sent you to the hospital. I was really convinced I was going to have my first international hospital trip. <laughs> Tell the fun folks what happened. Well, I ate a. Uh, takoyaki and um in that in the market that we were at uh i'm used to takoyaki in the united states um being cooked like really thoroughly through but this one was still sort of custardy on the inside and it was like just biting into a molten lava cake with a hunk of octopus in it and it was so hot that i think my throat had damage like i couldn't talk right and I started to have a panic attack on, like, what if my throat melts? <laughs> it was one of the... F- you were freaking out. It was so, so, so nuclear hot. And like, then I think we got you water, and then you were freak- You were like, this hurts also. Yep. Yeah, when we found water eventually, because it wasn't like a... It wasn't a restaurant. It was a, a, food, a food cart. Stall. Mm-hmm. And then it was a food stall in area where, like, it's not like they just have pictures of water out in the streets of Japan. <laughs> Find the water, get the water. And when I, it was almost like when you have such a peppercorn in your mouth, kind of tingly after. Yeah. But it was, it felt like pouring water over like an open wound. And I was just like processing like, okay, my, if my whole throat is an open wound, what's the next step? <laughs> just drinking Neosporin. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> So this article is from Mental Floss um, from October 21st. Um, it says, according to the University of Washington, drinking coffee or sipping soup at anything above 110 runs the risk of irritating your mouth. And at 160 degrees, you're in for immediate burn. Uh, while you may not know those exact numbers, most of us realize that a steaming drink or bubbling nacho tray, which they mentioned nachos a lot. In this article. The number one hot food. I Honestly, I don't think I've ever burned my mouth on nachos. In fact, my main complaint with nachos is they're usually not served hot enough. Yeah, but you're also the type of person that, like, you, you, you're very temperature biased. Yeah, a, I like really hot food. She's a hot food gal. Um, But it basically says these things can prompt injury, which is why we extinct instinctively extinctively extinctively what's gonna happen to you because of your hot food fetishes <laughs> that's true what killed her she ate the takoyaki and her throat welded shut and I was like finally 
um, instinctively blow on it. But does puffing on hot food really help to cool it? Or are you just moving hot air? Um, the answer is yes and yes. Um, they go on to say that basically the air you're blowing is body temperature. So it's still cooler than the like your food. Um, sure. But ultimately, like the heat is also dissipating rapidly as well. Uh, based on the serving vessel, based on also, is like, it a liquid or solid? I still refuse to believe. I mean, you said it was what university put out the study? Uh, Washington University like, of Washington. You're blowing ninety degree air at it. <laughs> if there's seventy degree air around, and you're pushing that air away and giving it the ninety degree, like I'm confident you're not helping cool it down. There's no way. You can read the rest of the article. I will. Put the link in the description. Look, <laughs> defund University of Washington. I'm upset with their findings. Um, I got down a rabbit hole of food allergy info this week because Vox put out an article giving kind of two theories as to why food allergies are becoming so prevalent. It's the snowflakes and these liberals. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no comment. Um, My gun has no allergies. <laughs> Except women. Excuse me. Ribs. Okay. Slow your roll there, pal. <laughs> um, so what they're essentially, the two theories that they're talking about in this article um, that was published on October 21st, it's talking about how the highest rate of allergies are in the richest countries in the world, but they're in the lowest income bracket. Um, so that could have to do with access to food. Um, and it also could be due to cleanliness practices. Um, essentially, they're saying that we're too clean with our food. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We don't build up enough immunity and our immune systems are just like, where I can't. <laughs> It's just funny to think about allergies as a first world problem. Like, it, the way they word it, it's funny because they word it as a first world problem, but they're like, they're not that first world because it only affects the poor people in the first world. Well, I think you have to kind just, of. <laughs> we're like redlining the bodily responses. Right. And I think you have to look at probably access. I feel like poor people can have peanut butter. <laughs> I might be wrong. I, uh, no, I do think that it does. It is covered specifically on SNAP and EBT. Um, so most people... Here, here first, folks. Not only is this your favorite movie review podcast, it's also your favorite government welfare subsidy podcast. I have first-hand knowledge, but I won't get into that. Um, the other thing they talk about is um, some of the health guidelines that like pediatricians and like doctors have put around babies... And they say, you know, like, introduce allergens, you know, once the baby is, like, over a year or something like that. And... I think that's funny because waiting that long, it, as if, like, at a year old, the child's going to be able to, like, look at you and be like, my throat's closing up. Can you please provide me with epinephrine? Like, between zero months and a year, not able to do that. They hit that year mark and they're like, I need that <laughs> I need That, <laughs> that epi... Give me my EpiPen. Like, that's not, that's such an ambiguous. So they actually, they did a study, and I'm scrolling through here to find it. Um, 
while you find that. We forgot to talk about like the actual flavors of the wine. Oh. The Chardonnay. Tastes like orchard fruit, particularly apples, pears, things of that nature. That butterfly kiss of oak is present. It kind of smells like clove and coconut. That's pretty much all I had to say, and I just needed to follow up on like. (laughs) You're like, here's some more info in case you wanted to know more about this wine. Um, I found the paragraph I was looking for. Um, A 2015 study called LEAP, which stands for Learning Early About Peanut. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Learning Early About Peanut is the new sponsor of this podcast. Learning early about peanut, learning early about strawberry. Uh, They randomized 640 infants with allergy risk factors to either consume or avoid peanut products. It found that by five years old, the babies who avoided peanuts had a peanut allergy rate of 13.7%, while those who didn't had a rate of 1.9%. So obviously exposure and building the immune system. It shows at least some effect. Obviously, if you have genetic disposition to allergies, like if it runs in the family, obviously you have to take that into account. It but doesn't mention the 40 dead infants in this study where it's like, <laughs> they just passed away. Really, both parents had peanut allergies. We were like, eh, give it to them anyway. Um, but I think that's something really interesting to consider. I know there's a lot of guidelines around even what pregnant women should be consuming. Um, take your baby. Cover them in strawberries, peanuts, and make make yourself a baby sandwich. Right, exactly. Shrimp, some some lobsters. Throw an oyster on there because crustaceans and shellfish are distinct allergies, is what I've learned at this most recent job. Because there's yes, I, you I usually lump them. I before working where I currently work, I would like lump them together. Like yeah, you're like if you can't have one, you're inevitably not gonna be able to have the other. But the amount of people that are passionate about like. I can't have oysters, but if you hold shrimp back from me, I will stab you. <laughs> Unworldly. You're like, okay. Well, and the reason I got down this rabbit hole is I had seen this article from the FDA about a company called Da Chang um, Vegetarian Food Incorporated. Um, they had to issue an allergy alert after one person had an allergic reaction to undeclared egg protein in vegan drumsticks. Um, I think this is why it's important to pay attention to allergies and them being on the rise is because when you buy a vegan product you think you're safe also shouldn't be no egg it it says that egg protein does it mean that it's a protein that's also found in egg is that like uh let me see if it actually cites i didn't see the specific ingredient listed when i looked at this earlier i don't think they gave that information interesting because i mean that's something that's worth um, like if it's an un- <laughs> also undeclared egg protein. That's a terrible enough. name. Actually, that'd be a great band name. Undeclared egg protein. What kind of music do they do? Jazz. Mm, nice. <laughs> <Owl> um, jazz. <laughs> okay, here's what it says. It says um, subsequent investigation indicates problem was caused by manufacturer's negligence on a production assembly line. Their employee used the wrong ingredient when mixing the materials together and caused this issue. The employee is no longer with the manufacturer's company anymore. They were like... Also, when it says vegan drumstick, is it talking about, like, Nestle drumsticks? No. These are... They're, like, fake chicken. That looks like real chicken. That's crazy. Yeah, I'll post a picture on Instagram 
because um, they posted a product photo. It they look like we're like real chicken drumsticks. It's very unsettling. It probably is just a picture of real chicken drumsticks. <laughs> They're like look. And the entire article is just gaslighting us about vegan products. <laughs> um. But yeah, that's like that's really scary because you know there are so many people that will abide by certain diets and trust certain products because of allergies. Um, <laughs> that's it. I laugh because the takeaway is trust no one. Exactly. <laughs> make your own pretend make chicken. Your, make your own vegan chicken. I've done it. I made uh, vegan chicken nuggets at one point, and I don't think they were awful. No, they were pretty good, and. Probably less processed than an actual chicken. I love chicken nuggets. <laughs> I like all the little, little little squishy meat bits. Uh, the last article I pulled for today is from MarthaStore.com, but it's just really them co-opting um, a list from Whole Foods. <laughs> but I decided that our homegirl Martha would get our click instead of Daddy Bezos. I like it because it's take. It's like. Um, Inception almost. We're going through an article, through an article, through an article. Yes, exactly. Um, so according to Whole Foods, these will be the biggest food trends of 2023, which I think stands to reason like. They get to choose their own destiny. They're manifesting their own trends. With such a big company that has so much influence and especially because they're considered like a healthy. Well, it's a whole food. Right. It's like this weird. Whole Foods. Jeffrey Bezos. Whole lot of nonsense, in my opinion. Um, yeah, they have this, like, weird, like, aura around them already. I feel like people who shopped at Whole Foods before were kind of, like, elitist in some sense. I think the verbiage of you just choosing the word aura says what it means to say. <laughs> um, but I, I think their food trends that they picked, some of them are really interesting. Uh, like, this first one which is a product called Yapon, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. That's Y-A-U-P-O-N. Um, Yaupon. Yaupon. Uh, it would be, hold on, I'm going to try and find a phonetic sure. for that. because. So this is um, a byproduct, or it's part of a holly bush that is found in the southern region of the U.S. Um, it is the only known caffeinated plant native to North America, and historically, indigenous Americans have brewed it into herbal teas. Um, they're predicting that this mild, earthy-tasting extraction, essentially, from these leaves is going to become popular in cocktails and then, obviously, in teas, which is how indigenous people originally used it. And it's going to make a wonderful Christmas decoration because I'm looking this up, and it is straight-up holly. got the little <laughs> red berries and everything. <laughs> Um, I'm really excited to try it. I had not heard of it until reading this list. We're going to listen to the Google version of this all together. Yappin Holly. <laughs> um, so Yappin, Yappin Holly. Okay. Yappin Holly. So yep, I, we'll have to try some. We'll have to find some. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny because it's like, this is, I mean, it's cool. It's the only caffeinated one native to North America. Um, we can buy it here in Arizona. Apparently, Elgin Nursery sells it. Oh. We can buy our own little holly bushes that can stand the harsh Arizona sun is what it said. That's exciting. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool that it's lo- local tea. Locally grown. Not to be confused with Arizona tea. 
Which is not locally made. No. <laughs> that was a tragic thing to find out in my early teens. That's a big thing right now, guys. Get on the bandwagon of suing companies for uh, having a place in the name, uh, like Texas Pete is the producer Liars. is being sued because it's not made in Texas. What was there? We were talking about the other day. Was it pasta? Somebody's suing Brilla. What were they suing them over? Because their tagline is number one pasta of Italy. And apparently <laughs> Italy was like, no, it's not. I like that. I'm pretty sure it's a class action lawsuit, but it'd be really funny if the just the country as a whole of Italy just coming coming at us and they're like, no, you're we, we don't even sell you here. You don't even go here. You don't go to this school. <laughs> uh, the next trend is pulp. No. <laughs> orange juice with pulp is bad. You don't like orange juice with pulp? Absolutely not. If I wanted that, I would just eat an orange. <laughs> you just chew it up and drink it? I can do, I can do the juicing myself. <laughs> my mastication. So we're not talking about fruit pulp. Uh, we're talking about uh, the byproduct of non-dairy milks, uh, such as oat, soy, and almond. What do you think they're going to use it for? Mm, fiber pills. <laughs> Metamucil. Metamucil capsules. Um, With all the excess almonds and oats. And horse feed. Eating the horses. <laughs> no, so actually there horses is some, need food. There's companies working to basically turn these back into like a flour product that can be used in baking mixes and ready to eat products. Uh, which I think is really cool, like sustainably. Sure, dry them out, grind them back down, boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. Exactly. You get it. Um, plant-based pastas is number three. Gorilla, not the number one pasta today. <laughs> the country will fight you. <laughs> Or at least one person with a, a lawyer on retainer and, and, and a dream. And a dream. <laughs> so what they're specifically talking about, because I know like most people are familiar with like chickpea pasta, um, but spaghetti squash, heart of palm, and green banana pasta. Heart of palmsta. Heart of palmsta. I hope they call it that. I green like actual green bananas or plantains? It says green bananas. Um, I would imagine it's just because they're more starchy when they're underripe and the sugar like hasn't fully sugared. The sugar hasn't fully sugared. I'm a scientist. You're, it's <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, me. <laughs> I just want a picture of a green banana and just my sugar hasn't sugared. <laughs> and just like le- let people interpret that however they will. <laughs> Both intrigued and scared. Look, we've already discussed the fact that the college I went to tried to have a geometry of napkin folding. So my applied science degree is kind of a hot mess. There's so much trigonometry. They're like, have you seen this bird of paradise, though? It's crazy. Um, these pastas are really expensive. Wildly expensive. Which is really a bummer um, because I, I personally would buy the... Like chickpea-based pasta, just because it's higher in protein and like generally better for you. Um, my workaround for that now is just pouring a can of chickpeas in like every pasta I make. They're kind of creamy. You don't really like add a ton of flavor. <laughs> Could you imagine though, <laughs> just inviting people over for dinner? Be like, yeah, I'm making spaghetti and meatballs, and it's just a pot of chickpeas <laughs> and meatballs, and they're like, what? Gee, thanks. <laughs> 
the next trend is dates. The fruit, not the activity. Not daddy-daughter. No. Um, apparently, they're being used to make paste, syrups, and even ketchup. Date syrup has been around for a long time. It's why it's really funny to me that this is a trend because I feel like dates is one of those things when you think about like ancient foods and like things that people have been eating forever. Like dates is like very high on the list. Date palms, baby. Jesus walked on them. And then <laughs> 2023 years later, we're... They're trending. Squeezing them into ketchup. Trending. What is... It's a interest. I don't... It's a weird one. Probably just sweeter ketchup. Yeah, I would have... one can imagine. I wonder if there's like... If date sugar is like lower on the glycemic index or something. So people like interpret it as healthier. Someone with a date palm tree and a... <laughs> and a glucose and monitor. A glucose monitor, and they're like, we're in. We got him. We got him, boys. Well, I think my mom has a glucose monitor, and we can just give her some regular ketchup and some date ketchup, and we can do the science ourselves because I'm a scientist. That's true. <laughs> um, sugar isn't sugary. <laughs> uh, number five is better poultry and eggs. This is specifically talking about. Um, Wanting to have more ethical uh, poultry product, uh, which is, of course, is great. But I also make it makes me question what the current situation is for Whole Foods. It's just fulfillment centers filled with unhappy chickens because their union working conditions aren't up to snuff. Well, we we talked about the Costco um, lawsuit, I think, on like the first or second newsroom episode that we did. Um, because they were unethically raising chickens, which is the only reason they're able to sell them for $5 a pop for their That's rotisserie the chickens. the only reason. They're also a loss leader. Well, yes, they are a loss leader. But they also, like, again, if you have really cheap product, you can sell it really cheap. And then, of course, like, your loss on it's not going to be as, as much. Right. Which is good business. Crazy and to bad think for about, chickens. Though. Like, Going into a Costco, you're walking through, you see a $7,000 TV, and you're like, absolutely <laughs> not. No, well, there's a science behind it. Right. Well, all the science that goes in, like, it's crazy how tricked they have us where they're like, all right, I'm spending $150 a year on this membership. And you go in, you see a $7,000 TV, and you're like, no. And then you get all the way to the back, and you're like, I'm stealing from this company. I bought their $5 chicken. And then you somewhere in the middle of the store, you're like, I do need 5,000 vitamins. <laughs> You're like, you know what? Four gallons of maple syrup is exactly what I need. <laughs> this will never go bad until I mean, your maple syrup goes bad and you pour out a whole bunch of mold. That happened to one of my cousins. Oh. And when I say that that was one of the... We were fairly young, so we didn't exactly know what was happening, but we all screamed. <laughs> looked like a slug that came out it of the bottle. It goes in the refrigerator. It the came out of the refrigerator. Oh, no. It was, so it must have been in there a long time. It had been time. in there a long time. So we were like pouring, like, I, I think I was a Caro fan back then. So I was using my Caro syrup because that's what I grew up with. I can't believe that that's a thing. That's just corn syrup, baby. It's like the, it's the American dream. Corn subsidies. <laughs> Ethically sourced poultry and corn subsidies. Also, while we're talking about the poultry, where do the turkey eggs go? I will have to. Do you to... think every turkey egg gets inseminated and that's like how we, like. Well, Thanksgiving's a big deal. That's crazy, though. Like, <laughs> Also, do you think that if... You get duck eggs and quail eggs and chicken eggs. You, I've even seen ostrich eggs. I've never seen a turkey egg. You know, that's a really good point. And it makes me wonder, too, like, if 
Benjamin Franklin had got his way and turkeys had been like our national symbol. Do you think we would eat like bald eagles at Thanksgiving? Yeah. And we would have bald bald eagle eggs would make James Corden the most mad. <laughs> uh, the next trend number six is kelp. It's what's for dinner. Uh, we've talked about kelp before. Um, I Very think it's green. really interesting. It's really good for you. It's really sustainable as far as growing. And um, according to another article I saw a couple weeks ago, it can cause botulism <laughs> if not handled properly. My favorite quality in a food is its botulism quotient. Um, which <laughs> I think is really interesting because we talked about how the FDA was still struggling to regulate it. And I think that like really highlights the fact that they still haven't figured it out. I don't think that should cause anybody to be afraid of Just shaking in the boots. Like little... My little kelp boots. But I think um, going forward, I think we'll continue to see it improve. And they're using it in all kinds of stuff. Um, they're doing like vegan fish sauce made with kelp. They're making cookies with it. They're making kelp noodles. The vegan fish sauce one is interesting. The only other vegan fish sauce I've seen is fermented pineapple. So Yes, and, and that's delicious. It works really well. It's got the stank. Uh, number seven trend is climate conscious call outs, which they just did to be a litter nation. A litter nation. <laughs> That's a good story. That's a good story. I think we'll have to save that story for another time because we're running out of time. But uh, I will make a note to tell the litter nation. It's because story. of the climate consciousness call outs uh, that we're running out of time. So everyone should <laughs> <laughs> be concerned. Um. This is specifically talking about um, having higher standards and just being more eco-conscious as a whole. That really doesn't sound like a trend for me as much as like... No, it's trendy, not dying. Well, no, for me, it's just Whole Foods really just kind of making a claim to what their plans are and then calling it a trend. Like, they're like, this is our goal. We're going to say it's trendy so that, you know, you think that this (laughs) happened on accident. Manifesting when you're the wealthiest company in the world, like it's pretty easy to manifest <laughs> your your trends. Um, number eight, nostalgic foods. Um, Nostalgia is a trend, baby. So they're trying to do new spins on like mac and cheese, pizza bites, classic old school cereals, and other throwback items. I just saw like Wonder Balls in the store again recently. You should have called the cops. <laughs> do you remember those? i'm gonna take that as a no i mean i i do but also there's something about the sentence do you remember wonder balls (laughs) that is it's good for the soul it sounds like there's there's something else there yeah which Um, is kind of the gist of a wonder ball if anybody doesn't know what wonder balls are they're a chocolate filled Nope, it's a chocolate shell. <laughs> Sorry, I can't. The Wonder Ball thing. If anyone wants to know what a Wonder Ball is, ask someone else. <laughs> it's a chocolate shell in the shape of a ball that was filled with candy. I remember them specifically being like Disney themed candies. I remember them being not candy. I remember them being like stickers and other oh, things. Oh, so. no, they had to stop making those because they were a choking hazard because apparently people at the kids eat the prizes unsupervised. <laughs> Cracker Jacks being removed everywhere. They were like, there's no 
No, nope. can't no, have it. You're not responsible enough. Just because it's in the box. It may be like every food packaging now not coming with a little silicon packet in it because kids are like, hmm, yummy. <laughs> the original Tide Pod challenge. Truly. Um, number nine, premium pet foods. Premium pet food? Yes. Um, this being That's very whole foods. On a trend list of like mostly human consumables. <laughs> kind of upsetting. I love that for whole foods people. It's a very crunchy mom where it's like, if you're not willing to eat what you give your dog, then you shouldn't. And <laughs> just like a can of wet dog food and they're like, I'm eating it too. Oh my God. I mean, my dad ate milk bones as a kid, so they probably are just fine for everybody to consume. <laughs> on purpose? No, I think that was a dare, but. Oh. I mean, it's... on purpose, yes, but consistently, no. Um, they're talking about like hip and joint treatments, pet-friendly bone broth, meal designed for aging pets. Um, as somebody who has to put eight things on our dog's food recently, I understand why this is a trend. If somebody just made a food that had all of Kyrie supplements in it, I'd buy it. They do. It's just more expensive dog food. No, she has fancy supplements that is not in dog food. It's worth noting, everyone, that Courtney just said pumpkin pie is a fancy supplement. Um, <laughs> Kyrie doesn't eat pumpkin pie. She eats plain canned pumpkin. She also gets cranba- cranberry powder. Cosequin, gabapentin, which is a pharmaceutical. <laughs> if they made prescription dog food. I don't know what you're talking about. That's how I make my pumpkin pie, and I'm mad that you gave out the recipe. <laughs> you put a nerve blocker. It's not the tryptophan in the turkey that's making you tired. It's Jonah's laced it's pumpkin pie. <laughs> okay. Last one, because we're we're Mom, falling apart. Don't talk to mommy before she's had her pumpkin pie. <laughs> um, the number ten is avocado oil. It's already made, but good for Whole Foods for being like oh, we sell it. It's gonna so be trendy. People are dying over the <laughs> over the, over the avocado <laughs> trade. <laughs> They're like, you know, what we need more of avocado. <laughs> Jeffrey Bezos is just sitting on his throne and it's just like ah yes the farmers they're perishing good Jeez. <laughs> um, it's his evilness that's why he has no hair right yeah it, kills the hair follicles that's what I know about people like so that's what happened to Lex Luthor like the evil made him lose his hair somehow in one right, of the versions that of comics um, so that's what happened to Bezos clearly um Oh, I had a... Oh, and then Big Hair holds secrets. <laughs> Bezos has no secrets. <laughs> Just evilness. <laughs> um, they're talking about using it as a replacement for canola oil. Um, Canola's so it, already the healthier of the cheap oils, though. Yeah, but they're going to start saying everything's made with avocado oil and charge you more for it and call it healthier. So be on the lookout for that. Although we did read that um, avocado oil has a really high smoke point. 520 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, which I can't imagine deep frying in it based on cost, but I am curious. Jeffrey Bezos does. <laughs> he bathes in it. He's like pure avocado Cause gold. He's, he's, he's the turkey egg. <laughs> he shines his head with it. <laughs> okay, we're losing it. Well, on that note, I gotta go prepare my avocado oil bath. <laughs> <laughs>
<sighs> I'm glad you didn't say you were gonna go use it to like ignite a restaurant on fire, so. That's already done. Nice <laughs> grease fire with <laughs> avocado oil. <laughs> it's just avocado oil cocktail. Have your K fire extinguisher on hand, everybody. Everyone be ready, that biryani is fire. Thank you for listening to Love, Food, Hate, Money. This podcast is edited by John Watkins of Feathered Fiction Studios. He also does our original music. Uh, Connect with us on social media. We're on most of them. And we have a Patreon. So if you like us and you want to give us your money because you love this communist podcast, uh, please do so. And if you don't like us and want to give us money, we'll take that too. Yeah, you can just give it to us. That's fine. Um, We're still selling shirts. If you would like a shirt, um, definitely reach out and Jonah will write you hate mail because nobody's writing him hate mail. So he's got to flip it on its head. (laughs) This world needs more of a little more hate. More hate mail. (laughs) It's been too smooth. Um, We're also working on updating the website. Um, We've got a lot of really fun stuff planned. We have some recipes that'll be posted. Um, We're working on starting our little e-store so stay tuned um and if you like us and you don't want to give us your money you can also rate and review us on your favorite um podcast platform that really helps us get out to other people and the more people that listen the sooner we can make you listen to ads everybody loves ads so which is the dream (laughs) insert avocado oil ad here because we've said it enough times (laughs) um that's all you got Thank you very much, everyone. Bye. Bye. I made a mess.